Hi folks! Welcome to Follow the Leader, a podcast focused on telling character-driven stories through the use of GM-less tabletop games where we can all take the lead. You can find us on Twitter at FTLCast and at FTLCast.com. We also have a Patreon at patreon.com slash FTLCast. Today we're playing I'm Sorry, Did You Say Street Magic? by Caro Surgeon. For those of you who are new to this game, here are the basics. I'm sorry, did you say street magic? <laughs> I can't help it. I want to do it every time. <laughs> I love how proud of yourself you were. <laughs> I'm sorry, did you say Street Magic is a city-building story game. We take turns exploring our city. By the end of the game, we will have created a place that none of us could have imagined alone. Our agenda as players is to create a vibrant and multifaceted city, to fill that city with life and personality, and to expand on each other's ideas together. I'm Mac. You can find me on Twitter at Citadel of Swords. You can find my games at citadelofswords.itch.io. I have a personal Patreon, which is mostly just a tip jar. Um, but if you want to drop me a couple bucks a month uh, to read about shit that I'm working on, uh, you can find that at patreon.com slash citadelofswords. And playing with me today, we have... Oh, uh, hi. I'm Caro. You can find me at C Excursion, spelled S-E-A Excursion. Uh, on Twitter, Patreon, and itch.io. My pronouns are they them. We're also joined by... <laughs> uh, my name is Mab. You can find me on Twitter and Tumblr, at LittleLadyMab, and my pronouns are she, her. And hi, I'm Sam. You can find me on Twitter, at S-A-K-L-O, and you can find my portfolio, which I finally associated with my domain name, at SamKalo.art. Hey. Oh, hell yeah! Look at you go! Hey. Yeah! You did it! I did I'm it! I'm so proud of it. you! Because I had to put it into my resumes because I was applying for a job yesterday. And then I was like, all right, fuck it. I'm just going to go and buy another domain name with <laughs> .art as the last one from Google to make it easier for me to apply it to my dom- to my Google pages. Yeah, fair Might enough. Might as well, you know? Yeah. yeah. Fair enough. Um, we are part of the Standing Stones Podcasting Guild. We do live streams and collaborative projects. Uh, one of our projects includes Dumb Kids Playing Hero, an Animorphs actual play um, that I'm on, and just me, because August isn't here today. Um, if you want to hear more about the stuff that we are doing over there, uh, you can follow us on Twitter at stones underscore standing. Uh, with that, our lines, uh, which are things we absolutely do not want to see, are homophobia and transphobia, racism, sexism, anti-Semitism, violence against children and animals, sexual assault, domestic violence or intimate partner violence, unwanted pregnancy, and plagues and pandemics. Our veils, which are things we're fine with addressing but we'll just fade to black on, are steamy situations, graphic descriptions of bodily harm, and terminal illness. Um, now that we've got all that, let's get started. Woo! Yeah! And then the new intro plays, which I actually don't think I've heard yet. Yeah, our new intro music, because uh, I don't know if anyone has said it on the podcast yet. Our new intro music is done by uh, Takuma Okada, who you can find at Takuma underscore Okada underscore on Twitter. Their work is absolutely fucking incredible, and if you have the extra bucks to go commission a minute of music from them, uh, do that. <laughs> it rules.
Anyway, I'm sorry, did you say street magic? <laughs> yeah, let's go fucking street magic shit. Yeah. <laughs> um, typically, uh, when I facilitate this game, I like to read out the introduction, sort of the elevator pitch, but Mac, you've already done us the service of reading that out at the very beginning, just for the listeners at home, so we can jump right into uh, player safety and support. We've already talked about lines and veils, but I also like to have a little bit of other safety tools just to make sure that we're all on the same page. So, uh, you know, I'm sorry, did you say Street Magic is designed for light and pretty breezy gameplay, but, you know, much like exploring a city in real life, it might lead us down strange paths or in unexpected directions. So I'd love if we could just maybe go over a couple other options for safety tools we can use during the game to look out for each other. Fuck yes. And we can use these at any time during play. And we can change or add these tools as a table to suit the needs as we all see fit. And, you know, safety is more important than the game itself. Uh, Somebody want to read about rest stops? So, rest stops, uh, that is to to take a rest stop, everyone playing steps away from the table for a few minutes. We use this break to stretch, catch our breath, and get some water or a snack if we need. We can also use it as a chance to talk about the game so far and the direction that it's heading. Check in and talking about a rest stop frequently, but at least once after each full round of play ends before the next begins. I will say, as someone who also baked something similar into their microscope hack... <laughs> We're not super great at that part, but... We're not. But, you know, it's there. It's there for us. It's in the text. We started taking them last time we played Memoria, but that was mostly because I needed to blast my air conditioner after every round. Uh, hey, Sam, you want to do holds? Holds. Rest stops are a great way to check in with your fellow players, but they can't always resolve issues that come up in the moment. Holds are a tool that work to address that concern. Anyone can call for a hold at any time to pause the fiction of the game. Calling a hold might look like placing an open hand or fist in the middle of the table, sending a message that says hold in your group chat for an online game, or just saying hold out loud. You should agree on a signal that works for everyone at your table. Use holds to ask clarifying questions, raise concerns, or check in before, during, or after potentially heavy moments. Holds good. God. Mm -hmm. Um, just, you know, just saying that out loud work for everybody? Are we cool with that? Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. And we've already talked about lines and veils, so I don't know if we need to go over this last section. Do we want to just jump in? Let's jump in. Woo! Feet first. Okay. Oh my god, you totally pulled from Yarn Spinner here. I'm so excited. <laughs> yep, this is this is some big Yarn Spinner energy. Uh, Mac, do you want to read the section on setting the tone? Setting the tone. Yeah. Uh, hell yeah. I love this. Um, so the first part of creating our city is establishing its tone, the color and texture of the setting we want to explore. As a table, let's decide on three adjectives that will set the mood of our city. We should pick at least one from the list below, but we don't have to limit ourselves to these options. Can I pull up the the yarn spinner colors and textures? Because I think also I would love to pull from those also. Go for it. Hold on. I am going to... Yarn Spinner is a great game by a good friend, uh, Abe Mendez, who is an excellent game designer. Love Abe. Go support their work, too. <laughs> AbeMendez.itch.io How many times How many times am I going to plug members of our design circle in this podcast? Uh, uh, isn't that what we're here for? Isn't that what the podcast is, like, meant to do? Isn't that, like, the whole point of the podcast? Yes, but I'm going to run a tally. <laughs> <laughs> Isn't that why we commissioned Takaba? <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
Um, here is also... Did any of these carry over? Uh, well, I already know that there's at least one on this list that didn't carry over, so... And then this is the list from Yarn Spinner also, if we need more things to pull. Mm-hmm. There's, there's some carryover. What are we... What type of game are we feeling today? I definitely want something like... I'm look, I, I think I want something kind of light. I don't think I want something very dark and heavy today. Yeah. I'm, I like light. Yeah. I'm feeling that. We, we like to go light. Remember when we played Microscope and we just did Dinosaur Rock Band in space? It was so good. <laughs> it was really good. It was awesome. It was an amazing game. Love that. Um, so I, when we say so, light, are we feeling... Oh, go ahead. I was going to say, so for tone, when we're, when we're talking about light, so we're, we're thinking, you know, like, airy or warm. I do like warm. I mean, there's light in a very sort of delicate way, and there's also light in a way that is, you know, Saturday morning cartoons, where it's... Yeah, so tonal. Yeah, like, one mm-hmm. of the words you have on the list is bright, uh, mm-hmm. and I think that's sort of, like... A combo of like the bright and airy is kind of how I'm vibing. But uh, if anyone wants to go Saturday morning cartoon sort of light, that's cool too. I'm I'm kind of taking the idea of just like like warm in a community sense. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. I'm I'm also very drawn to kinetic. Mm. It's a fun word. In a like in a in a fun in a fun way. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like a city of like good good motion. Are we gonna do some hope punk up in this shit? Let's do um oh fuck, what songs for the dusk again? Speculative materialism? Yeah. <laughs> Let's mm-hmm. do speculative speculative materialism. Yeah. <laughs> Listen, all I write is spec fic. Let's do it. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So it sounds like we're leaning toward um is this kinetic, warm, and either bright or airy, was that correct? Uh bright. Let's go with bright? bright, yeah. Let's go with bright. I like that a lot. Yeah. Fucking rules. Alright, so I'm just gonna write these here. And we've already sort of started to use these words to start a brief conversation about the city, but maybe we can refine that pitch a little bit more. And um, do we think this is comparatively modern? And is it set in the past? Is this a little bit more like of a, a speculative future? Do we want something that's kind of science fiction-y? I kind of like the idea of having it be very, like, very like modern, but in, like, a sort of speculative, more hopeful than current modern existence. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Like, I, um... have a, I have a pitch, because I feel like we haven't done this in a while on this show. Urban fantasy? Yeah, that's exactly what I was thinking. Yeah. <laughs> Could it be urban fantasy, like, 20 minutes into the future? Yeah. Or there's still some some, you know, speculative like oh, cool technology might might still show up where there's a a bit of science fiction but it's still grounded in contemporary aesthetics. Yeah. 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 I love a good 20 minutes in the future thing. Mhm. Let's pretend that everything is great. That's an interesting I don't think I've ever like heard it described as, in, in that sort of sense. Like heard somebody describe it as like oh, 20 minutes into the future, but yeah. I mean it it tracks totally. All right. It seems like we're all pretty much on the same page about this. Do we want to go into any more detail about 
touchstones or aesthetics that we, we want to pull from, or do we want to just sort of jump into the, the foundations? What you thinking, Mab? Um, I, no thoughts, head empty. Sounds good. Valid. <laughs> just want to make sure that you're cool. <laughs> yes, no, I'm listening. I'm drawing at the same time. So like, I'm listening. <laughs> oh, hey, same. <laughs> but also, like, I still don't, I haven't talked very long in the last two days. So I'm just like, well, I'll conserve my energy. <laughs> Hundred percent. I'll speak up if I have a strong opinion. Okay, but thank you. We're good. All right, cool. So it seems like we've got the tone of the city. We're ready to move on. And before we start really digging in, we're just gonna start by adding a few cards to the table just to sort of spark people's imaginations. So I'll go first just to demonstrate. I'm gonna turn to the section on exploring a neighborhood and walk us through how we explore neighborhoods in this game. Um, there are three different types of cards, neighborhoods, landmarks, and residents, um, and all of them kind of nest inside of each other. Neighborhoods are the broadest and sort of most overarching types of cards that we can play to build out the city. So to explore a new neighborhood, you take a blank index card, in this case I'm just going to use a blank cell in this sheet, and label it with neighborhood. Every neighborhood has the following three elements, which are a title, a reputation, and a true name. So titles are what the denizens of the city call this neighborhood on sort of a daily basis. This could be named after the, the local geography, the history of the people who live there, what types of business are conducted there. I'm going to call this neighborhood Night Market. Uh, and this is where it's it's sort of not really the commercial district. It's Its reputation is this is a place where there's a lot of festivals, and this is a place where there is commerce, but it's a lot of kind of handcrafted and artisanal commerce. This is, you know, market stalls and just very brightly colored people selling kind of their own handcrafted individual wares. If anybody has, has any questions about um, kind of the, the vibe or the reputation, I'm happy to elaborate a little more as I fill out this spreadsheet a little bit. Um. And so we have the, the title, and we have the reputation. Uh, the last thing that we need is the true name. So every neighborhood has a magic all of its own. And in order to confer a true name, I'm going to come up with a couple of descriptive, you know, sensory images that paint a clear picture of the neighborhood in our minds. I sort of described this already, but I think I'm going to describe it, just talk about it a little bit more. I think, yeah, it's a lot of really colorful stalls, and this is the place where a lot of local merchants come to sell the the things that they've um, spent a lot of time uh, crafting. And actually, I think it's more bartering than selling. This is this is a place where there's a lot of exchange, both of items, but also of ideas. True names can be sort of tactile details about the space, but they can just as easily be metaphorical or symbolic, intended to elicit an idea or a personality more than a literal representation. A neighborhood's reputation might be what people think about it, but the true name is sort of what makes it unforgettable. So for the names, it doesn't have to be like a single word or like actual name. It can just be like the vibe or the like the emotion that it elicits. Absolutely. Okay. Absolutely. So for example, Night Market, I'm putting in for the true name right now, colorful stalls, 
exchange of goods, and exchange of ideas. And that is a neighborhood. Um, so just sort of going down the list, I'm going to pass it off to Mac. Feel free to either explore another neighborhood in this city, or if you want to uh, visit a landmark within Night Market, we can jump in and sort of start nesting some cards. I'm thinking about which one I want to do because like I I have I might end up having to save this landmark that I'm thinking about cuz I don't necessarily think that it fits into night market personally. I mean maybe. Mhm. But I don't know. It's like, oh, wait, shit, I have to think about things. Right. <laughs> mhm. Surprise! This is how gameplay works. <laughs> Actually, I'm gonna I'm gonna tweak its name really quickly. Instead of Night Market, I think it's um, Twilight Market. Good, nice. Get some of that good, good Twilight Town shit. Mm. Yeah, I was just gonna say the same <laughs> thing. <laughs> I can never escape Kingdom Hearts. <laughs> I can never escape Kingdom Hearts. Mm. Um. Yeah. I mean, I can put. I, actually, I might end up doing it because i'm thinking about sorry mab putting a clock tower (laughs) (laughs) never apologize for kingdom hearts in twilight market um as just kind of like a central focal point i think yeah uh primarily and we might i might put just clock tower on as a landmark name uh just temporarily we can always come back and rename it later. Yeah. Um, which direction should I nest these things in? I mean, the table is not geography, so feel free to, to nest it in any direction that makes sense to you, and we will figure it out as we go. Yeah. Okay, so uh, really quick, before I keep going with this, uh, landmarks are the second highest tier of cards that you can play to build your city. They must be played within a pre-existing neighborhood card. Neighborhood canon often will contain multiple landmarks. I should fucking hope so. Um, to visit a new landmark, take a blank index card and write an L in the top left corner. Give it the following three key elements. A title, an address, and a true name. Uh, title. Just like a neighborhood, each landmark should have a common name that people call it in their day-to-day lives. Write this at the top of the card. I don't think that people necessarily call it the clock tower. <laughs> I think there is an actual name for it. However, I am asleep. Is it a nickname? Yeah, I think it's got. I think it's got some sort of nickname. It'd be like the same way that they all like the tower is Big Ben. That's like not actually its official name. See, I was just thinking that, but I want it to be something else, something less that, something less British, something <laughs> less Big Ben. <laughs> is it? Is it a, a title that's about you know what? what the personality of the clock tower is like is it a is it a reliable clock tower or is it a nuisance is it an eyesore what do people think about it mm, yeah i mean that's kind of that's kind of the thing i'm trying to hit on right is like i th- i want it to be reliable <laughs> i want to not just make another city where time is a fucking disaster <laughs> so i think i think it is uh, reliable, it, it, and it's a fixture. It's one of those things that, like, people, you you can center yourself around this clock tower because this 
has been here as long as anyone you've ever known has been alive. Mm. Which I think will also take us into um, an address. If it feels appropriate, this can be a literal address. After all, street names are another tool to reveal details about the world, but it could also be something more poetic. Is it in the heart of the neighborhood or off the beaten path? Is it several stories up or perhaps below street level? Write this landmark's address under the title near the middle of the card. So I wonder if it's like an actual literal tower or if it's like one of those things where it's like Twilight Market kind of like slopes up in some directions. And if you when you reach like the top of the peak, there is a clock there. Oh, I love that. And I think because then I think I can justify it being a clock tower because it's not actually what we would consider to be a clock tower. It's just a clock on top of a hill. Mm hmm. But it's, like, it, it is one of those things where it's, like, okay, so you gotta go, like, a couple, you know, you go a couple hundred meters down uh, eastwards of the clock tower, and you'll, you'll, you'll hit the stand that you're looking for, sort of thing. That's kind of, that's kind of, like, an orient point for people, especially people who don't have a super great sense of direction. <laughs> and with that, and I will, I will write this down eventually, <laughs> with that... <laughs> Uh, true name. Similar to a neighborhood, each landmark has its own true name. However, this should be even more specific than the true name for your neighborhood. How does this landmark exist within the neighborhood it is being placed inside? Does this landmark match the neighborhood style or push against it? What makes it unique? What makes it irreplaceable? What can you touch, smell, or taste? Imagine the landmark as you consider these questions and let its true name reflect your answers. Uh, when you are finished, place the landmark so that one corner rests on top of its corresponding neighborhood card. Be sure not to cover up any of the important informations on any cards and make sure that everyone can read the text. Um, Alright, landmark. What do you call the point at the top of the hill? The apex. Yeah, that's what I thought, I just wanted to be sure. Mm-hmm. The crown. The crest? The top, the tippy-tippy top. I'm gonna call it True North as a true name. Nice. Love that. Like it. And probably some other stuff that I will think about as... Hmm. Booyah. The other thing, the other true name I put is an atomic clock. Because it is not just reliable as a orient, an or, orientating point. It's also reliable as a timepiece. Love that. Cool. Uh, Mab. Yes. Uh, you can either add a neighborhood or you can nest a landmark. I'm thinking of a neighborhood. Oh, yeah. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Hmm. Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> why are y'all like this? <laughs> <laughs> it's why we work so well on a podcast together. <laughs> well... Because I just saw a little post about this. Um, so the neighborhood, I'm just going to have it coming off of the other neighborhood. Is that correct? Should I give it a cell in between? Giving it some space is nice. Um, I mean, yeah, the, the table is not geography. So whatever we put down here, you know, just because a neighborhood is next to another neighborhood card doesn't mean that in the literal map of the city, those two would be next to each other in that this way. This is not a map-making game. <laughs> All right. Let's see. 
so basically, kind of the 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 general vibe that I want from this one is it's kind of like it's not a park and it's not quite a forest, but kind of like a sort of like a like a little agricultural neighborhood type of thing where you can walk through it and it's like community gardens and things like that that are that are happening over there. So I think what I gotta think of a name. Why are names the hardest part? I mean, they might just call it the garden. Names are absolutely the hardest part of every tabletop role playing game. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, thank you for formatting to just drop in. I don't know who did that, but thank you for it. (laughs) There. So, uh, the neighborhood is called The Garden. It is a community garden of sorts uh, for flowers and vegetables. It is shaded, organized rows, and soft hum of bees is, like, always the sound that you get when you pass by it. Soft hum of bees is a great true name. It is. Yeah. I've got a question about the garden. Yes. You know, this is the garden, but is it like the only, it's not the only place in the city where people are gardening. This is just kind of the, the central place. Is that correct? Or... Yeah. I would imagine like people can have their, their own personal gardens set up. They can have um, like a more industrial sized one uh, for like larger production, maybe not industrial, you know, like a larger production type of thing. But like within my neighborhood, there was... It's, like, overrun now with mostly weeds and some poppies, but it has, like, a little sign right in front that's called, like, the postage stamp, like, vantage point or something like that. And it used to be, like, this little community garden that was supposed to be all set up. And so it is just kind of, like, this a block or so, and then uh, it has, like, the main street that goes down the center. And on either side, there's just, like, small little vegetable gardens or small little flower gardens. And so it's not anything that would be, like, a highly productive uh, form of produce or anything like that, but it is a place where they can all like come together and like, oh, if you're walking by, you can just grab a handful of berries off of one thing, or you're like, I just need one squash, and then go and just grab one squash type of thing. Love that shit. Yeah. Sometimes you just need a squash. Sometimes you're like, fuck. I needed a bell pepper the other day, and I was like, I just need a bell pepper. Mm Mm-hmm. Sometimes you're just like, fuck, I thought I had enough squash, and I yeah. don't, and I just need one more. <laughs> mm-hmm. Love a, a sustainable community garden. Yes. Love that. We love to see it. Wouldn't it be nice if this <laughs> were real life? Huh? <laughs> <laughs> Sam. All right. So. Neighborhood or landmark? Neighborhood or landmark? I kind of want to go with like a landmark. Does it have to be within one of the two neighborhoods we've we've suggested, or could it just be like somewhere else in the city? Typically, you would want to nest it within a, a neighborhood that's already in play. Okay, because then the one that I had an idea for goes pretty well with the garden. I want to say it's just like a gigantic mushroom that is like the size of a tree. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Oh, you love to see it. <laughs> I, I I love mushrooms. So, what am I going to fucking call this thing? Uh, my brain, my brain just went, Mooshroom? <laughs> <laughs> this isn't fucking Minecraft. Let's just get Minecraft in here, fuck it. Okay. Uh, landmark. Uh, 
Hmm. True name, huh? So my my landmark is the fungal tree, a large mushroom the size of a tree that stands in the center of the garden. And the true name I put down was the fruiting body of a greater underground being, decomposition as an extant living thing. Oh my god. What the fuck? (laughs) Where did that come from? (laughs) Not gonna lie, a Tumblr post about how fucked up mushrooms are. Oh yeah, that post. (laughs) (laughs) I didn't come up with it on my own, but I do love it. It's good, it's the thing. I'm just like, You cannot kill me in any way that matters. (laughs) (laughs) I love that. Mm-hmm. People being freaked out by how fucked up mushrooms are is my favorite thing in the world. <laughs> they're so weird. They're really weird. They're very good, but they're very weird. Uh, Kara, you want to talk us through compasses? Yeah. Um, before we do, you might have noticed that the rules haven't asked us to name the city yet. That's sort of deliberate, you know. If, after we've laid the foundation... With these these four cards that we've put down, we feel like we know the city well enough to name it. We can agree on a name and write it kind of next to these three adjectives of kinetic, warm, and bright. But if we don't have a name for the city, that's not a problem. We can let it arise organically kind of as we keep playing. We shouldn't try to force it, but uh, we can definitely, we should make sure that we name the city and give it kind of a, a title before the end of the game. Anything jumping out to anybody? Asking us to name cities. <laughs> It's a bad idea. <laughs> That's true. We we have established that naming is the hardest part of the game. Yeah. Yeah, and we're still calling City of Gulls City of Gulls, even though we pulled that name directly from the Sundered Land. Mm-hmm. It's a good name. It's fine. It's our own thing now. It's a good name. But it's it, we did kind of steal it. Sorry, Bakers. Mm-hmm. Sorry, Bakers. Our city now. Mm-hmm. <laughs> our city of goals now. Well, no worries. We can always circle back to it later. But yeah, let's let's make sure that we name this kinetic, warm, and bright city at, at some point. But before we do, we can jump into rounds of play. Um, actually, before we do, do we need to take a rest stop? How are people feeling? I'm feeling good right now. I'm feeling pretty good. I'm good. All right, then let's jump in. The basic overview of a round of... I'm sorry, did you say street magic? Is <laughs> that one player begins by... Declaring the compass, which is kind of the theme or subject of exploration for this particular round of gameplay, and, you know, setting the tone, then that player wanders the city by adding either a neighborhood, a landmark, or a resident to the table, um, something that reflects the the theme, the compass of the round, um, but is also nested within a card that's already there, um, or in the case of neighborhoods, not necessarily. Um, And then we all take turns adding more cards to the table. Uh, that are connected to the the theme of what we're interested in exploring. Then we close out the round by holding an event to show the way that the city changes and evolves around us. So, compasses. The thing about cities is that they're dense and they're packed with stories that are all layered on top of each other and, and go in all sorts of different directions. So in order to give each round focus, one player starts by choosing a compass to keep the story moving in the same sort of thematic direction, at least until the next round. Um, And compasses can be anything. It could be, you know, a particular neighborhood or landmark that's on the board. It could be an institution, an object, a theme, kind of really any any scale that we want. So I am going to choose the first compass, and I'm going to go with a pretty broad theme. I think what I'm going to say for this round 
things that I'm interested in exploring are technology and inventions. Oh yeah, let's go. Um, you know, we've established that this is a little bit speculative, a little bit futuristic. I'm really interested in, you know, what are the ways that we can can push that and explore. So I'm going to start, I think, by nesting. I think I'm going to nest a resident in one of these landmarks that we already have. Yes, had. let's go. Let's talk about residents. Yeah. So residents are the individual characters and people who inhabit the city, and they're nested inside of pre-existing landmark cards. All right, time to open Don John. <laughs> FantasyNameGenerators.com. Here we mm-hmm. go. Uh, I'm going to nest, I think I'm going to nest this character inside of the clock tower that Mac made earlier. I kind of knew that you were going to say that somehow. I mean, I was I was torn because I could, I could also see this character going within the fungal tree. But no, I think I'm going to go with the clock tower for now. I, I do want to come back to the fungal tree at some point, but we'll we'll wow. see if that comes up in play. Like neighborhoods and residents, or like neighborhoods and landmarks, each resident needs a title, which is kind of their their common name, and they also need you know pronouns. How how are we going to refer to them? And every resident also needs a true name. But unlike neighborhoods and landmarks, the true name of a resident is established through a vignette, which is sort of a short scene in which all of the players contribute um the the current player embodies the resident and then everybody else plays various aspects of the setting weather music local flora and fauna sights smells tastes the passage of time other characters in the scene i'm still trying to get a sense of this character but i think she's an inventor who um i think she's a a street inventor who is interested in vending kind of or not vending, but like purveying her her wares. Um, she is sort of the there. I think there's maybe like a maker movement in this this city where there's a lot of people who are you know really interested in just tinkering and exploring weird, cool technology. And I think that she's one of the members of that space. And I'm coming up with a name. I think this character is named Catterwall. Nice. I would love a scene of Catterwall. I think she, you know, doesn't have like a proper stall. I think that she carries a lot of her inventions with her in, you know, like a a bundle or a sack and just sort of lays it out at the foot of the clock tower. Um I would love a scene of Catterwall just interacting with people who are, you know, either interested in bartering for her inventions or people who she knows as part of the maker movement or I would I would just love to get a sense of, like, what are the things that she crafts? What are the things that she's interested in making? Um, and, and what do other people know about her? Hell yeah. So the current player begins by describing the resident's sort of interior thoughts and actions. And then everybody else, uh, feel free to jump in, uh, describing sensory details, yeah, other characters, other things that are kind of happening in this scene. So I think that we do kind of start. It's, it's probably midday, and Catterwall is... I think she's sort of got a, a very tall, lanky figure, um, and she's carrying this this bundle. Uh, it's like a, a picnic blanket almost that's kind of bundled up and, and slung over her shoulder. Um, her back is a little bit stooped, kind of a little bit apologetically, um, but she makes her way to the, the foot of the clock tower and sort of unties the, the knot and lays it out and 
all of her her weird, strange, small inventions are kind of at the foot. Um, and I think she's just sort of waiting for, for other folks to, to walk up and take a look at what she's presenting. I think it's a it's a it's a warmer morning, I wanna say. Mm-hmm. Like it's 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 a definitely like the point in the morning where people are going, you know, they're going around and they're walking outside because it can it's it's gonna get hotter later, so we might as well do it now. Mm. So even though it's still like early, I think that there's definitely still there's there's a good number of people out and about kind of perusing mostly. I think a lot of people uh this early are still just they're just kind of um window shopping, as it were. That makes sense. I like the idea of maybe not from her stall or her blanket, but like a, a stall or two over, there is a very like light little musical sound from someone else's like little music boxes, or they have like little small things that are just like wind chimes uh, in in the very like light breeze. So there's a very faint musicality to it, and that she's like really familiar with it, and it is mm-hmm. a comforting sort of like soft sound. Yeah, this is probably, um, you know, I think a lot of people have regular stalls. Mm -hmm. Um, And even though Catterwall, you know, is, you know, doesn't have like a a stall, I think that this spot is kind of her regular spot. Yeah. Um, You know, she probably looks over at the vendor as the the chimes are are tinkling and, um, you know, says something to the tune of, good wind today. It's, um probably not going to stick around with the heat, but, um... Any good sales? Not as of yet, but still hoping. You've, um... You've always got the best wind chimes. I've I've always said that about uh, the work that you do, you know? I'm trying to think of something. Conversation doesn't have to continue on much yeah. longer than that. Yeah. Because I think someone comes up probably to start, you know, perusing. And I think it's fun if it's, like, you wouldn't necessarily expect what Catterwall is selling to end up next to uh, a windchime merchant. Mm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm, I'm trying to think about what are the things that... What's, what's a fun juxtaposition there? Maybe, like, little... Like, little terrariums with, like either something magical in them or something very like very mundane but like little like mm. little terrarium worlds oh i love that it's almost like what if you took a hydroponic garden mm. and made it and stuck it in a mason jar oh that rules yeah like that kind of shit i love that and instead of like getting all moldy and gross it actually thrived mm. yeah yeah that's the problem they always get moldy and gross. <laughs> mm-hmm. But I think, you know, I think, you know, she's she's a little bit of an inventor. I think that maybe it's not just about the the jar, the, the terrarium itself, but it's also about, you know, as this person is looking over these jars, um, and they're all kind of various sizes. Some of them are literal mason jars. I think some of them are a little bit bigger. She kind of gestures at, off to the side of the blanket, there are small kind of mechanisms that are, they look almost like um like headpieces um, and she explains that these are filters that she's 
invented that basically make sure that the the mold doesn't kind of get through. I want one. Mood. <laughs> I'm curious, Mac. Does this person who's uh, interested in in Catterwall's work barter for it, or how do does is there an exchange here, or is it just window shopping, as you've mentioned? Um. I wonder if in this case it is someone who's bartering because they came back this morning specifically because because they have been window shopping and now they're coming back and they're going, okay, I'm going to do this. Mm-hmm. You know when you go like first thing in the morning because you're like, all right, I have a budget. I have these artists that I have been looking at for months now. And <laughs> you mean every mm. single con? Yeah. And it's like, <laughs> yeah. like straight to their table. I know exactly where it is. I cannot get sidetracked until I've gotten these five items. And this is this is mm-hmm. what I'm starting with because I have had my eyes on this for months and I finally got my last like my most recent paycheck that I don't have to put into savings anymore. <laughs> Speaking mm-hmm. from experience, <laughs> oh, I miss going to cons. <laughs> yeah, but but there and it's just kind of like it, they're just kind of like okay, I am here, I am ready. Like this is what I got. <laughs> is it commerce or is it bartering? Do they? Is it a trade? Um, it might be. It depends. I think. Um, it might be that they have like enough of like currency scraped together to like not have to make a trade but they've got like a little bit of extra just in case Mm -hmm. you know they're like perfectly willing to make concessions definitely that makes sense and and to tip because i'm me of course yeah and i mean i think that honestly feels like it's you know this is a, a snapshot of caterwall and her element she's you know just doing this business uh this is her her day to day and uh, I feel like I, from this scene, have gotten a glimpse of her, her true name. So I'm going to write this down on uh, this this cell. Catterwall, she, her. Her true name is a picnic blanket, green clean terrariums, and mason jars. Nice. Uh, and that's her. So I love her instantly. <laughs> yes. Uh-huh. Mac, you have the floor. The compass is technology and oh, inventions. Oh, motherfucker. Um, okay, <laughs> I'm going to make a neighborhood um, because I'm me, and who would I be if I didn't make a science and tech <laughs> square? Um, mm-hmm. Which I am going to lift this idea directly from the web serial that I'm not publishing yet, where it's kind of like they're all kind of like in like this they're uh, the the whole all of the buildings like it's kind of like if you were going to a science uh like a science university and they like keep all of the buildings like in the same plaza but they're all like the biomedical building is over here and the physics and astronomy building is over here um and the magitech building is over here because i am who i am and we're going to do magitech thank you and i wonder if actually if I can just call it Magitech Plaza. <laughs> you can do whatever you want. Yeah. Do with what vibes in your heart. Uh, of, I'm going to call it funded. Funded scientific uh, innovation occurs. That's its, uh, the reputation is a web of buildings where the majority of funded scientific innovation occurs. 
Um, because obviously people are still doing science uh, in places where they shouldn't necessarily be doing science. Or maybe they should be doing science. Like, there are people who have degrees who are not doing science in the plaza. But, um, and I am going to just say, people call it just the plaza. Um, what's the word for, like, something that is, like, shiny and modern and gleaming new in the middle of, like, stuff that's just older? Gentrification. <laughs> the gentrification. <laughs> you mean you're not wrong, but... <laughs> I mean, yeah. Mm. It's a different vibe, I know, but... Um... I don't know if there is a specific word for it. I'm just gonna call it mod- modern mod- modernity. I don't know if that's a word. Yeah, it, it's yeah. a word. I don't know if it's the right word for this part. It does but... kind of sound like maternity, but maternity. whatever. <laughs> um, mm-hmm. I'm calling it modernity incarnate because mostly because I think it that it is the newest part of our city, just by nature of how things kind of move and evolve and grow in the city. Like, I think that we've got a pretty good historical preservation society <laughs> because I can have mm. dreams. And and I think it's because of that that the city, whoever they were in the city, was like, we will build new buildings for science because trying to, one, renovate uh, older historical buildings um, in order to keep up with um, scientific progress is expensive, and two, if someone blows shit up and wrecks a historical building, that sucks. So it's like, okay, here's a brand new building that's properly reinforced, and if you blow it up, we'll just build another one and it's fine. Because <laughs> I wanted to be something a little bit more positive than, like, sticks out like a sore thumb. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Because I think that it is, like, I-, I think that people do kind of, like, like, when someone new comes to our city, they go, oh, and that's the plaza. This is where science happens. It's pretty cool. Like, And I think that there's, like, tours. Science. And, like, Neat. like, kids from school can come to, like, see real science done by real scientists. And, yes, again, <laughs> I'm doing a lot of big dreaming. <laughs> Let me have good things, fine. please. <laughs> mm-hmm. It's fine. I believe in the science dreams. So yeah, yeah. I think that's what I got. That's a that's a neighborhood, all right. It's a neighborhood, all right. That would be Mab. Okay. Yep. Then I'm gonna go ahead and I'm gonna put a landmark in that neighborhood. Um, because on my college campus there had been basically a science plaza type of thing. And I don't remember why I had a class out there. One of my classes was in the science zone for some unknown reason. Did they do one of those things where it's like they need they just needed to put the class in a room, so they just found an empty room? Because that happened at Vassar all the time. <laughs> Probably. Yeah, so I was in the chemistry building. I was like, it, it was one of my religious studies classes, and I, so, you know, like, I really don't know why. But uh, there was... A little, and I think it was, I don't remember why it was there. I think it was like a little Kennedy Memorial thing or something like that. But it was like um, an eternal flame that was just always going. And so I just like the idea of having like a small little eternal flame in the middle of this 
little magic tech plaza type of thing. Because that's what it makes me think of. Obviously, it's a magical eternal flame. Probably. (laughs) Well, what is the real difference between magic and science? (laughs) Right. One, I can do. The other one, I can't do. Yeah. That's the real difference. (laughs) That's it. That's the difference. Damn. We nailed it. Solved it in one. Mab the Fae Queens figured it out. No, I'm just kidding. (laughs) All right. Um, I don't know what I want it to look like, though. It's a piece of modern art. I'm just Alright, so the landmark uh, is called Eternal Flame, just because it's unoriginal. It's a small, waist-high bronze statue in the middle of the Magic Tech Plaza. I guess that has a flame on it. Flame on. Um, Flamio Hotman? Yep. <laughs> I'm so glad that we're all big nerds. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the true name is a reminder that will never be extinguished. Good true name. Um, I've, got a, I've got a question about this statue yes um is it abstract is it does it have a particular shape to it is there like if you were looking at it would you be like oh this looks like a plant or a figure and then you get closer and realize it's a statue or yeah i'm trying to decide what like i don't want it to be like it's a candle or a torch because that just seems kind of like flat and boring so like i don't know if it looks like a tree trunk and then the flame is the foliage but it would be a small That's pretty sexy yeah, yeah for like a small little waist high statue but that sounds cool. i'm going to just turn on the whole lighting designer thing full force yes please, please. and just be like can we just can we just stick some edison bulbs in here <laughs> fuck yeah edison bulbs rule a uh, tiny little street lamp that would be cute I or maybe there's one there's like a little street lamp by each of the buildings that's fed from it. Mm, I like that. Mm. Or like over their doorways or something like that. So like that tiny little Edison bulb over each of their doorways uh that connects back to this tree. Mm-hmm. Neat. And then if you want if you want to add the Edison bulbs, I don't know if that'll be like a landmark of a landmark or add a little memo to the cell or just add it into the cell i don't know i mean what we say is always more important than what we write down certainly so true given that this is an audio medium (laughs) (laughs) it's more of will we remember that they're there (laughs) ah true well we do have it on recording so (laughs) that doesn't mean much for me (laughs) (laughs) i'll forget by the end of this recording For all you fan artists out there, please remind me what it looks like. (laughs) Do we have fan artists? Izzy. Izzy. (laughs) And And you. And me, I guess. I guess technically me, but I'm very limited in what I do. Same. My skill set extends to- It has a flame from the in the place of the foliage. I know Mm. words well. (laughs) <laughs> I, <don't know. laughs> I was just mm-hmm. like how do you describe a tree <laughs> it's one of those days it's fine it's fine everything's it's one fine of those days. Mm. it's fine we're all having a good time that's what really matters great and good hey sam it's your turn oh it is my turn huh um hmm i guess i could introduce a resident 
Or you don't have to go in order. You can do another neighborhood, another landmark. Hmm. Which isn't to say you shouldn't introduce a resident if that's what you want to do, but I do want to say you have options. I sure do. What do I want to do? Are each of the little leaves tiny little light bulbs? I, I really like that. That are on actually. fire? That are on fire. That's pretty good. <laughs> they contain the fire. Ooh, it's like light bulbs that are, instead of being like light bulbs, are just full of fire? Yeah. That's where the magic comes in. Because yeah. that's not mm. possible in physics. <laughs> this is... <laughs> that's what the magic comes in. This is why it's Magitech Plaza. There you go. Yeah. Well, okay, but here's the other thing. Here's the other thing. You think about Centralia out in Pennsylvania, where the fires and those coal mines have been burning for, what, how long has it been? Like, 20-something, oh, well. 30, 40 years? Long-ass time. Long-ass time. Continuously, without mm-hmm. going out. But they're not inside of, a like, a sealed yeah. light bulb. Anyways, it's fine. It's fine. They don't necessarily have to be, yeah. I'm going to introduce another neighborhood. And the neighborhood is going to be the docks. Ooh. I still don't know how to format this, so I'm just going to let somebody else do it. And so the docks are, you know, sort of nearby the Twilight Market. Mm -hmm. I would say that, like, trade comes between the docks and the Twilight Market pretty frequently. People will bring their stuff in, you know, from a boat. Mm -hmm. And I want to say that the docks are on not, like, the ocean, but, like, a really big lake. Hmm. So, has anyone read Clive Barker's Aberat? No. no. <laughs> Babies, all of you. No, I'm just kidding. Um, <laughs> it takes place in like some like midwestern state, but there's a, a dock in the middle of um, a grass field, and it's just like this giant. <laughs> like it looks like it could just be like a giant ocean of just grass, and that was my first thought. But I also just like a giant lake, and they're like. Is this an ocean? No, but there's plenty of other people on the other side of the the lake that we don't get to visit all that often. Like the boardwalk in Welcome to Night Vale? Yeah, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) But anyway, please carry on, Sam. Yeah. Uh, God, now I have to come up with a true name. Mm Hmm. Hmm. Sure. Okay. So, wow. Great. Great, uh... I'm really good at That's formatting. the thing about these map drawing games, is that they just are really, really great audio. Yeah. Um, so the neighborhood that I've invented is just the docks. Uh, it's a collection of jetties and boardwalks on the shore of a, fre- of a large freshwater lake. Trade comes in through here. And its true name is The Scent of Decay and Sweat and Colorful Language Floating Over the Water. Nice. Oh, I love it. Thank you. I'm doing my best. <laughs> I'm glad to watch other people struggle with the formatting that I just couldn't figure I've out. I've just been writing it in a notepad to get the spaces and then formatting it. Yeah. I've literally just been copy-pasting over from the left side. Yeah. Well, when I try to do, like, the, the paint format, it's just like, I refuse. So, going mm. forward, I think that's what I did for my landmark, is I just copied that cell over. Mm-hmm. So I, that's just how I've been fixing Sam's is in Notepad <laughs> to get the spaces. Extremely valid. Definitely. Um. 
normally, at this point, I mean, we've gone around. Everybody's contributed to the compass. Normally, we would jump straight into the event. Would we mind if we take a rest stop before we do, just to stretch? I would love to just step away and get a little bit of water and, and yeah. stuff before we... Yeah, absolutely. It's August, and I just wanted to thank you for listening. If you've enjoyed us, please consider leaving a rating on your podcast platform of choice, telling your friends about us, or tweeting about us using the FTLcast hashtag. We are also part of a nonprofit podcasting guild called Standing Stones Productions. We do a variety of shows, including The Room Where It Happened and Dumb Kids Playing Hero, two actual play shows, and a Steven Universe discussion podcast called Gay Space Rocks. We also do live streams at twitch.tv slash standingstonesprod. You can keep up with everything that we do on Twitter at stones underscore standing. Unfortunately, Standing Stones was already taken. Your support means a lot. Thanks again!